Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. So last week, uh, Chance the Rapper, a Chicago native, got involved in the Chicago mayor's race. Uh, surprise endorsement. <clears throat> but uh, it was something he said about how we should conceive our politics in Chicago and in Illinois, frankly, that I really liked and grabbed onto uh, because I've been saying it for about 20 years. But uh, he said it more eloquently than I can. Chicago politics is... Uh, about people knowing what's possible. Everybody becomes a political analyst all of a sudden when it's election time. Nobody wants to vote for who should be mayor. Everybody wants to vote for who could be mayor. It's always about people's chances of becoming mayor rather than what they plan to change when they do become mayor. That's exactly right. The cop-out that is becoming a political handicapper. And I mean... All the time. It's who, who's leading, who's supporting who. Uh, it's always the positive question, who could, who's going to be mayor, not the normative question, who should be mayor or governor yeah. or state legislator or congressman or whatever. And so Chance the Rapper uh, sort of uh, plucked a candidate for mayor from the west side named Amara Enya out of obscurity. And it uh, looks like he's getting some of his friends into the act, too, because Kanye is now helping uh, Amara's mayoral candidacy as well. Yeah, yesterday he announced that he's going to pay $74,000 a debt to the Illinois State Board of Elections. All right, so let's find out a little bit more about uh, this uh, enigmatic candidate, at least to maybe the greater Chicago and area. She's starting to get known with uh, her celebrity support. Amara Enya joins us now. Amara, thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So uh, how has uh, this celebrity support from Chance and now Kanye changed uh, changed your campaign? Well, it's definitely given our campaign a lot of additional visibility. So uh, we announced actually a little bit later on in the process, we announced at the end of August, August 28th. But we had been, uh, since, that, since that time, working really hard. Our campaign is largely... Uh, in all of the neighborhoods, just organizing people. Um, and so what the what the support has done is it's just given visibility to a group of people on this campaign that have been working extremely hard to organize in communities because we see this election as about representing the voice of the people of Chicago. So it's definitely helped uh, bring visibility and attention, not just to me, but to the issues that we care about. Well, how did you meet Chance the Rapper? And obviously, did you meet him before he came out and endorsed you two weeks ago? Well, yeah. So the interesting thing is that Chance had been apparently been a fan of mine for a very long time, um, although we had never met formally. And I've been a fan of his. So he had seen my work. I've been working on many issues from education to economic development to police accountability for years in Chicago. And so our paths had crossed, but we never actually met formally. And so he, he reached out sort of out of the blue and said, hey, I've, I've been a fan. I rock with you. Would love to meet. Uh, and I was down for it. And so that's how we met. It was actually uh, relatively recently that we met face to face for the first time. Uh, and uh, and Kanye, is that a chance connection or is this now the uh, entire music world interested <laughs> in your candidacy? <laughs> Well, I think that there's perhaps it could be seen as somewhat of a domino effect. I mean, uh, Kanye obviously uh, is aware of the campaign and, and more importantly, the things that we have stood up on, the issues that we've talked about, particularly around an equitable economy, 
uh, police reform, criminal justice reform, education. And this is about having a platform that is substantive and that resonates with people. And I think that's why these individuals are, are coming out. Uh, when you look at Chance, he has a track record, much like myself, of uh, operating, putting his money where his mouth is. He donated a million dollars to CPS a couple of years ago. Uh, earlier, just a few weeks ago, he donated another million dollars to expand mental health services in Chicago. So there's a lot of alignment on the substance of what's happening in Chicago. And I think that's what we're seeing more so than just the celebrity factor. What about uh, the other uh, more established candidates who are running that uh, also tout a progressive agenda, Tony Preckwinkle um, and, uh, you know, perhaps some others. So why not fold in with, say, Tony Preckwinkle's campaign or somebody else's campaign? Well, because this isn't about the candidates that are running. This is about what Chicago needs. And I think the people have indicated in my and over the last several years, again, I'm probably I'm the only person candidate running that actually has worked in government at the top levels of government, has the policy chops, but also as a grassroots organizer. So I'm very well connected with conversations that are happening all around the city on the ground, not just in political pundit circles. And the sentiment of people is they're not looking for establishment candidates. They're not looking, and this is nationally, the, the circumstances that we're in are the results of the current crop of leadership. And so they are not looking for more of the same. They see that this is an opportunity for Chicago to finally move in a different direction and build for the future. And the question then becomes, who is equipped with the energy and the ideas and the commitment to actually help Chicagoans build that future. And so it's less about me and what I think about any of the other candidates and more about what are people saying and what's resonating in communities about who they want to represent them. What about the young upstart, uh, new kid on the scene, Bill Daly? Uh, what about him as a change agent? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I just, again, I just don't know that that is what people want. I mean, we had... We've had our current circumstances, but it's our structural deficit, our pension problems, our the, the issues we've had at CPS. These are the problems that result from the, this. This is the result of the current crop of leadership. And it's not to say, I mean, it's nothing personal about it. Like I don't feel personally about any other candidate. But the people are saying we need something different. We need fresh ideas. We need fresh energy. We don't want anyone who is tied to the establishment, and we certainly don't want anyone who thinks that they are entitled to the office of the mayor. And so that's what you'll, I, I think that you'll see that same sentiment exhibited for many of the more established sort of long-term big-name politicians in Chicago. I know uh, last time around you ran briefly for mayor of Chicago, uh, dropped out, and then threw your support uh, behind Bob Fioretti. Uh, why not Mayor Emanuel back then? Well, so back then, he, well, I would never have have thrown my support behind Mayor Emanuel. I was running against the mayor, and we had some very deep philosophical differences about what it means to govern in Chicago. At the time, uh, he already had the most progressive actual track record of any of the candidates that were left in the race, both from his voting record in city council to whom he stood with uh, while he was alderman. And so for me, I had a specific platform that I was pushing. Many of my more innovative ideas especially my innovative economic ideas, my ideas around police reform, I thought it would be beneficial to have those same ideas still being talked about in the race. And his was the only campaign that had space for my, the ideas that I had, especially around police reform, not calling for a thousand more police, not, you know, innovative economic ideas. And so at the time, that's what made sense. Now, I had no idea what he was going to do after the fact. Um, I think that you know, we all are 
sure of how that went. Um, but I would never have uh, thrown my support behind Ron Emanuel. I mean, that wouldn't have made any sense at all, given the circumstances. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's talk about your policy chops a little bit. You've co-authored a book, Chicago Isn't Broke. I would argue it's fixed. Ohio. Funding the city we deserve. Um, he loves saying that. And uh, so uh, so give us an example of a, a big idea or two that addresses some of those financial matters that uh, the city is suffering under you just sort of described in passing. Yeah, so the, the probably the easiest one to identify is the area so we can save money. And so in that book, uh, we work on issues of corruption and we show how money is, is flowing through the city budget behind uh, sweetheart deals and things that are not open to the public. Also, when the money that's wasted just on police misconduct cases in the city. So we show how, show how we can save money uh, through addressing corruption, and that's through transparency, and through implementing the necessary reforms that have, that have been called for for years, quite frankly, around the city. The other issues that I've addressed are fundamental transformative economic ideas that would actually create generate revenue for the city and also make, create an, an economy that is actually a growth economy for everyone. And so the biggest uh, platform ideas for that is a public bank for Chicago, which addresses it's a, essentially the city having a bank whose only allegiance is making sure that our economy is strong. It addresses the extremely high interest rates that we pay right now to private institutions going into the hundreds of millions of dollars. It also would address our ability to fund our own infrastructure projects, which are multi-billion dollar initiatives and any interest that's generated is actually recirculated back into our economy as revenue. Well, well, so it allow us to oh, well I mean, I didn't, didn't uh, Tiny Dancer try that infrastructure bank idea, uh, that public-private partnership? What's, what's <laughs> How's the, it different? Yeah, yeah, what's the difference? Yeah, it's completely different. So the, a public bank is actually a bank. Think about your private bank, but a bank whose only allegiance is to the taxpayer. So it's capitalized by taxpayer funds and it issues small business loans, home loans, funds infrastructure. Uh, the infrastructure trust that Mayor Emanuel put together was more so public-private partnership connecting right. private actors uh, to do things like expand, I think, so. maybe they had one project that actually was initiated around solar panels, lighting, yeah, right. uh, some sort, but it, that was a completely different initiative that, but, again, it was not successful. No, it was not, because I'm not sure that it can be successful. But but in terms of this this uh, public bank, hmm, um, the city in the banking business, the city is better going to be better at banking. The city that is the worst governed city financially in the country is going to be better at banking than the private banks. Um, so is this going to be like a did you envision this as like an SBA at the local level, like a small business administration at the local level? Or you want uh, the city's a city bank to compete with Bank of America? Well, yeah. So right now we currently hold our funds in the, the traditional banks are our depository. So that would be your Bank of America, your Wells Fargo, et cetera. We also pay hundreds of millions of dollars just to hold our money in those depositories and we pay fees to them. And we had engaged in bad, what are called toxic swap deals with those banks. So a public bank is, is independently governed. So it's not the mayor's bank. It is independently governed, governed. It's capitalized by existing funds that we currently hold in private bank depositories. So we don't have to have a new infusion of new capital. Um, also, its sole allegiance is to the city's economy. So we're not in it. It's not a profit generating mechanism, which private banks are. They're there to make, they exist to make yeah. profit. 
The best example is the Bank of North Dakota, which is a public bank, and it's the highest performing bank in the country. Uh, It is the reason why, a large part of why North Dakota avoided a a lot of the recession. And this is currently happening across the country. Uh, This was the capstone part of the platform for the new governor of New Jersey. Uh, this is the centerpiece of its economic platform. We're in 15 cities. I do this work nationally, including Los Angeles and New York. Mm-hmm. So the point is that Chicago needs to be leading on this issue. And we can't keep talking about tweaking the edges around our pension or tweaking the edges around our lack of revenue. We actually have to implement foundational economic uh, policies that can transform the economy and create a fiscally solvent city for the long term. I want to get your take on one other issue you just mentioned, and that's pensions. You have uh, $30 billion in unfunded pension liabilities, excuse me, for Chicago police and fire. How do we address those? Because those, both of those pension funds are less than 25% funded, which is means they are death spiraling and, you know, evasive action needs to be taken. Right. And so that again gets to this issue of revenue. We have to implement the mechanisms that would generate revenue in the city, first and foremost. We can't, what I know that we cannot do and should not do is do, put in any policies that would cut pensions because it's simply not fair. What the city had done, instead of generating revenue and putting these ideas in place, and one of the easiest is to actually attempt to retain our population because, again, we lost 250,000 just black families in Chicago in 15 years. What people are not talking about is that that is your property tax revenue that is also leaving the city. That is revenue to potential business owners who pay taxes. That's revenue that the city could be generating in the tickets that they give out. So we have to look at this systemically, and the city has never done this. Instead, they've always sought to raise taxes. Yeah, what about new taxes, LaSalle Street tax, city income tax? Are you supportive of either of those? Yeah, so I talked about a LaSalle Street tax uh, in my previous campaign. It was actually one of the, the things that uh, Fioretti had actually adopted. And so that's one of the – it requires statewide action. So obviously that's one of the bigger p- potentials for revenue. The other that people are not really talking about is a commuter tax, which is we know that a lot of the, the headquarters that are coming to Chicago, the people who work there aren't necessarily residents of Chicago yet. They benefit from our police, our fire, our public services, et cetera. And so there is some viability to having a commuter tax that would actually doesn't hit uh, Chicago residents. Uh, it doesn't hurt Chicago residents to that extent, but it actually makes sure that we benefit from those who have chosen not to live in the city but are benefiting from the city's public services. Um, again, the public bank is a, a significant gen- revenue generator. Uh, that could be transformative. And it also expands our ability to do things like expanding our business economy, expanding small businesses, creating more opportunities for ownership. That is a revenue-generating mechanism. So again, now because of inaction for so many years but by the current administration and his predecessors, now we're faced with having to address systemically these issues. And we cannot rely simply on saying, okay, we're going to raise property taxes again, because I think Chicagoans are voting with their feet. We've lost population three years in a row now. Yeah. We can't just fall on things that are going to continue to hurt the residents who can be supported. Real quickly, Amara, why were you $74,000 in debt to the Illinois State Board of Elections? Yeah, so that was a, so apparently they had been sending a letter to us. This is from the old campaign. So the previous campaign, uh, we had closed it out, or thought we had closed it out, sent a letter to them a few years ago, and apparently they were sending letters to the, an incorrect address. So I, it was a place where I did not live, so I didn't discover that we actually had this crime because, you know, we closed our campaign, so I haven't run for office in four years. 
so I had not discovered that they had been sending this letter to our old address until earlier, until this year, in fact. And so as soon as it was discovered, then we brought on an attorney, I brought on an attorney to work with the state. And anyone who's done any business with the state in any capacity knows that it takes a long time to do the back and forth. There's the process of negotiating. If you do have any fines on your account, try to get a lower amount. So obviously we wanted to look at all of the possible options before we uh, moved forward. So that was sort of the the story behind it. Did uh, Kanye give you one of his uh, new Make America Great hats uh, along with the check? Uh, no, I do oh, not have right, a right. big okay. hat, uh, uh, but I do Mag, know that, just know, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't have the hat, but I think, you know, I've been very clear, my platform has been very clear for a number of years now, and I think that, you know, anyone who lends their support to this campaign, it's because they believe that our platform is a viable, is a viable platform, and so we've always been very clear about our stance, whether on economic growth, on immigration, on criminal justice reform, which he actually did at least take yes. talking points from us on stop and frisk, on the need to invest in mental health services. So it seems that there's alignment. I think, you know, all politics aside in terms of who people support for president, I think when it comes to Chicago locally as a Chicago native, there, if he's interested in putting his money where his mouth is and actually helping the city, then, then we should at least be open to seeing that kind of investment from anyone who's from Chicago who's doing well. All right. She is Amara Enya. Uh, the website, Amara, A-M-A-R-A, E-N-Y-I-A, Amara Enya, candidate for mayor of Chicago. Amara, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And she joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line.